This is where we're going to be. It is Friday, the 13th of November, 2020. I'm Kevin Cooney. Thanks for joining us. Quick intro before we get into the show, and we have a good one tonight. As Tyrone Johnson of 97.5 The Fanatic and NBC Sports Philadelphia will join us to discuss a little bit of Eagles, a little bit of Sixers, a little bit of Phillies. And then Mr. Kern and I will give our football picks and look ahead at the final two rounds of the Masters. Also some college basketball news, obviously because of what has gone on with the Ivy League. So a lot to get to here on a jam, jammed, jammed pack show. Uh, thank you for listening this week. We are back on Tuesday of next week, uh, working on a guest right now, and then we'll do Friday. We're back kind of to our normal schedule, um, except for obviously on Thanksgiving weekend, and I'm hoping to get a surprise for Thanksgiving weekend, um, and I'm going to surprise, I hope, Mr. Kern with this. So uh, looking for a special treat uh, as we head into the holidays. Hopefully all of you are safe. Hopefully all of you are healthy. Please, everybody, be careful. Obviously, if you are following the news, cases of COVID are are, are rising. Um, Please wear a mask. Please just be kind to one another and respectful to one another as we go forward. But when we come back after this brief interlude, it'll be Tyrone Johnson. He will join us to talk a little bit of Eagles, Sixers, and Phillies. That's next. We're going to be continues after this. A lot of things on tap, obviously, as we enter into a new weekend. Uh, the Eagles heading up to the Meadowlands to face the Giants again. Uh, seems like they played them you know, only a couple weeks ago because they did. Um, the Sixers kind of a self-mistake in the whole uniform and Chris Heck situation to alienate their fan base, but they are looking at the NBA draft coming up next week. And the Phillies continue to drag their heels on just about everything. So joining us now, uh, a man who is on every day, it feels like, (laughs) on some form of media. (laughs) He's the producer on the Mike Missanelli Show, one of the co-hosts on the Mike Missanelli Show, uh, which you see on NBC Sports Philadelphia between 2 and 6 every day and on 97.5 The Fanatic. Hosts the weekend show on 97.5 The Fanatic on Saturdays from 9 to noon and also part of the uh, Sixers Outsiders crew which you'll see once they get the NBA start, season started again in... I mean, nominated. The, I mean, nominated. That's correct. It's Tyrone Johnson. Tyrone, how are you? How you guys doing? Thanks for having me. I am... Hey, what's the word What's the word of the day, Ty? <laughs> oh, tomorrow it'll be identity. Identity, okay. Identity. It's been... um. That I, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll give a preview of it in just a few minutes. <laughs> I love previews. I love the previews. Uh... So, so what is it like for you right now? I mean, it's a strange time of the year because it seems like you, know, you only have one team really going. Yeah. But three teams are in the news constantly. And you have also, you're just past the election and you're a show, you know, Mike runs a show that can touch on a lot of different topics. What's it yeah. like trying to keep everything like together on a, on a central focus on a given day? 
it's actually been um, more challenging when sports came back than when they weren't here. When, 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 when during the pandemic, you kind of knew we were just trying to figure it out. We were guessing. Now, normally, we know normally this is the pattern for sports fans in Philadelphia this time of year. But it hasn't really stuck to that pattern. Um, the Eagles, I don't know if it's from performance or whatever it is, they're not hitting people. I, I honestly, my theory is the lack of fans being able to go to the game Mm-hmm. has taken away from that NFL experience yeah. to a point yeah. and chipped away where people aren't necessarily rabid about it because people think, oh, well, they're not that good. There's, you guys know there's been tons of years where the Eagles weren't that good, and the fans at week eight, week nine, were still pretty rabid, even right. if they weren't in the mid. Like, you, you just go far back. Like, Buddy Ryan's teams, we thought they were good. They never really had a chance, and yet people were rabid. 3-4-1, it's been none of us are happy, but we've all seen Eagles teams Worse than three, four, one halfway through, where the fans were still way into it. Fans have not been as into it this year, and with the Sixers not playing, the Flyers not playing, it's been more of a challenge to try to guide it each day. I know and, for me and Mike, and I think one of the things is also we, you know, we saw this at the end of Reed's tenure. Like, there's a feeling of you know they're limited. You mm-hmm. know, like they yeah. may make the playoffs, but you know what the ceiling is. I sense that's what's part of it, and you're right. The fact that people can't go tailgate that it's not a for lack of a better term, that people can't go get smashed on a Sunday and watch yeah. them at least. They can you know, get smashed. Well, Kevin, just that, you know, there. in a in a public setting. I yeah. do think it's robbed some of the energy of this. It, it's weird because I know, like, football is the first thing to ever beat church. Like, just look, football yeah. beats church. Like, <laughs> other true. sports in other countries <laughs> dodge church. Football beat church. And I always thought, like, is it just the game itself? And more and more, I'm starting to think that maybe it it isn't. Maybe it's the communal experience and all those yeah. other things. I, part of the reason why people like going to church for so long, actually. I think maybe it's replaced it. And without that communal experience, I think the sport, not from 1 o'clock to 4.30 roughly or whatever, but during the rest of the time, I think it might take a hit because you're no longer making your plans for the entire week leading up to the game. You just kind of know, all right, 1 o'clock, I'll turn it on. Tyrone, is it an experience because there's only 16 of them as opposed to, you know, 80 for some of the teams and 160 for, sure. for another? For sure. That that plays a huge role, a huge role. But this year, it's just it's just different. And it could be, you could be right. It could be because fans know, uh, Kevin, you could be right. It could be because it's be, the fans know there's a limit. But I think there's still a social component that's mm-hmm. missing that's taken yeah. away from it in, in the city. And hopefully next year, pre, well, I'm pretty sure next year that will return. Let, so let, let me ask you this. Go ahead. Does it take you three times to ask you the same question for you to give the right answer? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just checking because I find this amusing. And I don't know Doug, but he got it right the third time. You know, yeah. finally, he got it right. He got and a lifeline from Marty. Let's be honest. And I love right. Rob. Well, hey, Les threw him a lifeline, too. He yeah. just didn't grab it. Um, I'm just wondering, like, and then he, he says, don't put words in my mouth or we're going to have a problem. Well, he was the problem. Right. And I don't mean that means he's a bad, but, like, you guys must have had a field day with that for two days. <laughs> we, we, we did. And what's odd is there's a certain amount of fans right now and you guys can help me. You guys have been mm-hmm. in this in this thing around this thing longer than me. Fans are in a, a certain amount of denial. There's been a bit of a pattern when it comes to this organization and the quarterback. You can take Carson Wentz's play to the side because we're all aware that he has not played well. That's not a mystery. No one's trying to 
claim that he is. Like, that's not a thing that's out there. There's no one out there saying that. So you put that to the side for a second. You had the drafting of Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. That's like step one. Then you know the player that he's closest to on the team is Zach Hurts. We're not going to re-sign him. We're not going to pay him in how we have a bit of an issue. Yep. You have a situation where you relied on older wide receivers and really, really young wide receivers. Fogan was complete luck. They cut him. He could have been anywhere. Mm-hmm. That was complete luck. So you have a situation where what have you done previous to those comments to really back your quarterback in the, in the recent future? And, and with your actions, the answer is basically you have it. You hope we hope Rager can play. Fogum looks like a player, but that was complete luck. His tight, you know, his security blanket tight end has contract issues, and he looks like he wasn't as engaged. And then, right when you have a chance to really have his back, you don't. It takes three chances. It just, and it's a pattern. I think there's some fans that are, oh, you're making this up. No, if you. If you look at everything individually, just one thing, just the Hurts thing or just one thing or the other, maybe you think it's isolated. I don't think it's isolated when it's this many things. And it seemed like he was trying to preserve his relationship with Brett Favre yeah. more than the relationship with his quarterback. And, and w- yeah. I'll go on this line along this same way. I think this organization forgets what Wentz did to get him to that point. What Wentz did to get them in 17 to the point where Foles could take over. And yes. could play two really good games in the NFC Championship game in the Super Bowl. But it was Wentz who set the table for that. If Nick Foles does that that entire year, they're a 9-7 and seven team, probably a wild card, and yeah, they're not making their pre, run. That was pre-injury, Kevin, though. That was pre-injury. I understand. but He, but, might, he might not be the same but guy. They're, now. But now it's almost like, I think they're almost thinking like fans in a sense of they saw what happened with Foles. Mm-hmm. They realized they couldn't really keep Foles and get rid of Wentz because of how much they invested in him. And now it's almost like, oh, man, you know, I, I don't know why we can't, you know, I wish he was as good as Nick. It's like, come on, this is but silly. But Nick started the first two games in and was awful. And was awful. And was, wasn't good. No. So that's right. why and, he, if Nick Foles had and played was, well in those first two games. And by the way. In 18, do you think they would have went back to win? Yeah, they would have. The yeah, they would have. Yeah, they not would've. in game three. Well, no, no, no but, probably not in game three, no, but they would have went back three. to him at some point. Well, right. and at here's the point, other point. Yeah. There, there's revisionist history here. He was awful against the Bears in that playoff game. Yes. He was yes. brutal against the Bears in that playoff game, and they got lucky at the end with, obviously, the double doink and Tate making the catch on the fourth down play. They were, And he, was, he blew the shot, really, before the whole Jeffrey drop. He blew the shot to have them go up 21 nothing on the Saints the following week. Right. You're absolutely right. 14 nothing. They actually sent Ertz on a vertical route, and yep. he's behind the defense in a dome, so no weather, and he yep. underthrew the pass. It gets intercepted, and from that moment on, the Saints controlled the game. The Alshon thing were scrambling to try to get back, but they were up 14 nothing with a chance for the kill shot, and Ertz was open. Ty, people, don't re- people don't remember that. Uh, that was I, the I kill shot, and yeah, he, he underthrew it. It gets picked yeah. off from – and then – the, that series after that, that's when Fletcher Cox hurt his foot. Yep. And it's so late, it ended up bleeding into the following year. That happened on that next drive, drive. on the fake punt. Yeah. yeah. On the next drive after that interception. That really changed their fortune, and that was that happened there. To your point, though, Mike, about the – he might not be the same quarterback. I'm saying maybe he isn't. But they haven't publicly, done anything. Right. Yeah. Right. Publicly, you still have to – Andy Reid rode with McNabb all the way to the moment he was traded. Right. You, he would have, you would have never known from talking to Andy Reid that he was out on Donovan McNabb from the publicly to the to the moment he was traded to Washington for that second right. round pick. And I and and Brian Westbrook, we had him on today. He says that kind of stuff can bleed into the locker yeah. room because yeah. 
These guys are paying attention, and they know that, oh, they drafted a quarterback. All, all he had to do, all he had to do was say, instead of saying, I respect Brett's opinion. Which but I disagree. Saying, just say, mm-hmm. Brett has his opinion. He can say what he wants. I disagree. Right. That's all he had to say. It's, That's all. It's as simple, and he just couldn't bring himself to do it. Well, and then I'm left with what you said. He cared more about preserving the relationship with Brett than preserving the relationship with his quarterback. Well, and this and then the question. Oh, go ahead. No, no. And this leads to the question, Tyrone. Is this general manager and the head coach just looking for for uh, for Wentz to almost be the scapegoat here for everything that's going wrong? I, 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 I kind of think so. And people think, oh, they're not directly sabotage them. I think they'd be fine if he had success, but when they mentally move past them, and I don't think, I think they drafted his replacement in April. Mm-hmm. I've thought that all along from the moment they drafted him. I don't think they use a second round pick for a backup. I think they draft his replacement. And if they're right, fine. If they think he's a better quarterback, fine. But if you notice, they have not drafted well. There have been other issues, but now, and I honestly think that he uses certain members of the media that the Eagles use certain members of the media to get out their message. Especially every nationally. Team does that in every city. Especially nationally. Every, yes. They use a certain thing to get the message mm-hmm. out that, no, Doug Peterson is a great coach. Howie's great. This all falls on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, and Wentz has helped that narrative by not playing well. Right. But I still have to look at everything individually. We should be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. We can acknowledge that the quarterback hasn't played well and also the failures of the coach and the general manager. And that was a huge failure by Doug Peterson with an opportunity to really publicly and forcefully have his quarterbacks back. And he 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 chose not to for whatever reason. And and you're, it was like three – Tim McManus asked the question like out of obligation first. Yeah, then right. Les Bowen kind of leads him to water. And then Rob Motti had to basically put his head into the water and, and drown him in it. Like, and it was like three steps. And finally, once Motti dumped the head in, he finally said the right thing. This could have been a nothing thing. It could have went away in 10 seconds, and he made it a thing. Yep. Tyrone, on, on Anthony's show today, he was espousing that he's come around to the viewpoint that the marriage just can't work, that Doug wants a coach uh, to coach a quarterback like Foles, who gets rid of mm-hmm. the ball fast, does whatever, and that somehow it just doesn't work which since Doug's probably not going anywhere, I guess means, do you, because what I started thinking about what Anthony was saying, I kind of agreed with it a little bit. Yeah, I, I buy it. And the reason I buy it is because he just doesn't seem comfortable. Like, okay, look at the interceptions he threw in the Dallas game, which mm-hmm. he had the fumbles, the interceptions, the high tower one, especially. So it's man-to-man coverage. Mm-hmm. He throws the ball into the air, high tower for whatever reason. I'm not saying it's a good pass. I'm saying this is what happened. It's man coverage. Right. He throws a deep ball. High tower doesn't adjust to it for whatever, but the corner does. It's man-to-man. No safety help ever came or it was just man-to-man. Yep. When I'm thinking about the thought process, I want my quarterback to get to the line, see man coverage, give a receiver a chance to play. That, to me, is a good football play. I don't think Doug thinks that's a good football play. I think yeah. Doug thinks to check down to the running back, to check down across the middle for eight. And I think that dichotomy on their approach to the game may mean that it just doesn't work. Because there are other coaches who would absolutely say, you throw that pass 100 times out of 100 because we want that. If it's man-to-man, you have to trust that receiver to go win. Now, maybe Wentz has to know Hightower's not ready to do that. There's a whole bunch of issues there. But that's to me, is an example of, I know Doug did not like that throw. I know for a fact other NFL head coaches would love that throw. And so, which leads to this week. Um, the Giants are a lot better than they were a month ago. 
I mean, yeah. they they play really. They actually played pretty well here in, in that Thursday night game. Then they play well against the Bucks, and they obviously play well last week against the Red uh, at Washington. Um, you know, they lose this game. They're in a world of trouble because they're going to lose yeah. five straight after this. I'm pretty confident. Uh, yeah, I mean, Cleveland's the one game in that you look and go, okay, you can win that one. Yeah. They can't win any other game out of that stretch, I don't think. So, I don't know why, but I'm abnormally nervous for this team going into New York this week, even though they've owned them. Like, 21 out of the last 25, they've won. I I think they're going to win, but I understand. And I have, I have questions about some of the players outside of the quarterback. Obviously, a lot of the conversation has been about the quarterback. Like, how sure are we? We've seen all the rookie wide receivers so far this year, mm-hmm. and they're helping their teams. And the guy drafted right after him in Jefferson is killing the game in it's Minnesota. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, because he was only the best wide receiver in college football <laughs> last, last year. year. Well, except for right. a national so, champion. So then the question for me then is, and I ask you guys, how sure are we that Rager can play? Um, 50-50. Um, Maybe if on how, this how year, sure on this play? year, I think it's almost the wash year because of the fact of all the all the time he missed. Well, now think about that now, though. So at this point, everyone has to know Fogum's the guy. Mm-hmm. They've been using Goddard a lot, staying in the block. There is no Ertz. Nope. Richard so Rogers doesn't give you much cover either if you do two two tight ends. Right. Exactly. Don't give me Alshon. No. He's, how many plays is he really going to play? How is he actually going to last your, the game? Your second best wide receiver in that offense is Greg Ward. Right. Who's playing in the slot? Right. And so, and if if Goddard is staying in the block as he is, then now you can double team. You can move your your coverage around. I just wonder how good this offense actually can be. And I know Miles Sanders is back, and maybe maybe we're crazy, and they hand it off to Miles Sanders twenty times, and he gets one hundred and twenty yards, and the game's not close because he controls it. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't scored yet so far this season in the fourth quarter. I know he's had the big splash plays, the seventy plus yard runs, but he hasn't scored in the fourth quarter. I have some concerns about the offensive weapons, and I just wonder if there's any point this year where it comes together because I think there's a number that if they get to, the Giants can't score enough as well, and they have yeah. played better. But if you get to 30, you win. Yeah. Giants can't get there. You get to 28 probably, you win. I don't think they necessarily can get there. If you don't turn the ball over, you get to 28. I'm not co- I'm not confident the Eagles can get there, though. And that and right, and that's what I'm saying. Somebody other than the quarterback, a, a go and Fogum, I, I'm I'm giving all credit to him. Right. I'm saying who else other than him can step up and make a play that a winning play that counts. And it should be Sanders. It should be your first round pick since every other rookie wide receiver, like usually we don't judge rookie wide receivers harshly. Every other rookie wide receiver in that first round is able to make a play. Yeah, Judy Somebody and Ruggs and all of them have made plays this year for their all teams. All of them have made plays. Every game in the NFC East this year sucked. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I mean, the Giants played the Redskins twice. They were like one-point games. The Cowboys and the Eagles should have been probably right down to the end. If, you know, if they'd had Washington a and the Eagles was a bad game. Dallas was, and the Giants was Dallas, was a bad Washington, game. Dallas-Washington, was that a good game? I don't know. I, no, no, it was blown up by Washington. The teams, the teams are so bad that trying to analyze a game like this is almost a moot point. Yeah. Some bad team is going to win. Yeah, because all the, all the problems that the Eagles have with Wentz, Daniel Jones is the same thing right now. Turning yep. the ball over, just yep. uh, you know, not solid. Yeah, the one thing that the I Giants do, don't have is Freeman this week. Sorry about that time. Yeah, I do like that their uh, Giants are coming off a win. 
Uh, they're not talented enough to feel good about themselves, and I think they might be feeling good about themselves. I actually do think that helps the Eagles more than if they were coming off a loss because yeah. as much as the coach will try to get on them, when you have a young team they that's will. not very talented, they get they they go up and down, and they are playing better. I don't think it'll be a pushover. I think they're going to win, but I'm also nervous. I, again, I'm saying I think they're going to win. Let me, let me flip this over to the Sixers, who have the NBA draft this week. Daryl Morey's first draft. Uh, yes. in here. He's, tra- he's trading the pick, Kevin. Well, and that's the question. Will they trade the pick? <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on no, you. No, will they trade the pick? I don't uh, know. I, I think they might. The The only reason they would not is luxury tax territory. And if you look at the ownership, they've spent a lot of money this offseason. Before any free agency, before any drafting, they paid a new president. Mm-hmm. They paid Doc Rivers a fortune. They're still paying Brett Brown. I mean, this is all credit because we'll get yeah. to another organization that's doing the opposite. Yeah, exactly. They spent they none of those assistant coaches. You had guys who had been in one city for twenty years. He didn't move to Philadelphia for cheap. You had a guy move from California, a, a former head coach, and so the Sixers have spent a lot of money. Credit to them. I do wonder. Um, the good thing about first round picks in the twenties and those, uh, two, uh, two, especially those two second round picks they have in the thirties, is cost control players that might help you, mm-hmm. like. It might. If you can find the right guy, Thibel helped last year. Thibel yeah. is a guy who – so if you can get a guy you think similar talent at a cost control level when you're paying a luxury tax, I do think the Sixers will have that in mind possibly, and that would keep them. If they were under the luxury tax, I feel like it would almost be a mortal lock that they would move the pick. There might be some cost constraints because ownership has spent a lot of money this offseason. Will – I mean, everybody's looking at the Houston situation. That's not going to develop right away, is it? I mean, that's going to be something that Uh, once you get more of a feel for what the league's going to look like beyond December, that's probably when you're going to look at Harden and Westbrook probably moving. Would you agree? Yeah, well, um, it's already out there that Westbrook's available. And apparently the only team that seems interested, because for people that don't know, um, he's about to I think he just turned 32. Right. And And let's be honest. Plus million. He's a pain in the ass to deal with. Yes, that and 40-plus million at that age for the next three years. So three years, 120-plus million dollars. There are not a lot of teams that out there that would take that contract. There's There was a, a rumor out there about Paul George for him with the Clippers. Apparently, there's nothing to that so far. Maybe the Clippers feel down the road they need to make that deal, but apparently right now, new coach Ty Lue sitting there going, no, I'm going to try to win with this really talented right. roster that just happened to come up short. Let's not make that trade. Uh, and and I think that will keep the Harden thing from happening because I don't know. Realistically, you want to get as much as you can for both guys, obviously. They, mm-hmm. they, they traded a bunch of draft picks in the Chris Paul trade before. They're not set up to rebuild because they – I, I think the picks they have are like top three protected. Right. And that it's hard to get that bad with a bunch of veterans. Yeah. It's hard to get that bad. Even if you got those guys, PJ Tucker's a veteran. Gordon's a veteran. It's hard to be that bad to keep the picks. So they're not really built to rebuild. So they have to trade and try to get more from others. And I don't know if you can trade those guys in tandem. The dam would have to break on one trade and then you'll be able to make the other trade. So that's why I think it's going to take time for that reason. Mike. Yeah, what do you think that Horford's going to be on this team? Um, and I don't mean next week, but it, at some point, is that Maury's first thing to try to do, or or is that doable? I mean, that might not be doable. It, it might not be doable, but there's a lot of bad contracts. Obviously, uh, Sixers fans were paying most attention to the Sixers. We know that's not a great contract. I do believe there are other bad contracts out there. The question is, does Maury think that someone else's problem 
would fit better here than Al Horford. And there are other, like there, like Elton Brand wasn't the only person to give out a bad contract. There's tons of bad contracts out there. A Kevin Love contract, for example, Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So the question is, can you find another probably, probably problematic contract? Do you think, do you think with this coach and different, do you think that Horford could be a productive piece? I mean, I'm not saying you want to pay him what they're paying him, but do you think he could fit in with this bunch and then become a better player than he was? Yes. And the reason is those trail threes that he constantly took with Brett Brown by design, by the way, he was told to do that. That's not his game. I think that this group will try to find what he's comfortable doing and allow him to do it. And if that means that there's times where Ben Simmons is just standing in the corner without the ball, but he's just standing in the corner to make room in the mid range for other people. So he's not at that elbow kind of doing nothing there. Cause it's better to be in the corner doing nothing than at the elbow doing nothing when you're off the ball. Cause at least at the corner, a guy might have to guard you. Right. A guy Oop. might have to guard you. Stuff like that. I think I think there's still ways to use him that Brett Brown didn't take advantage of. No disrespect to Brett. I think he mismanaged this team because the team was built for that bully ball that he said. Right. I don't think he ever actually tried it. Who no. is who is more on the hot seat this year? Simmons or Embiid? I think Simmons for this reason. Um they talk about the analytics and all that kind of stuff. Um according to Maury, I'm pretty sure people who are kind of in the know have told me. They think Embiid's step back last year had more to do with the other players than himself. Okay. He was asked a lot of times, the offense consisted of, hey, Joel, go wrestle. Mm-hmm. And people get mad about what he does and doesn't do, but that was the that was the offense. There wasn't, nothing was easy for him. They didn't even do back screens so that he would have an easy catch. Right. Like they did for Carl Malone in Utah for 100 years. Carl Malone would catch it on that left block easy. They would set a back screen and make at least the catch was easy. And then if they collapsed, whatever, then he would be able to see it coming because the catch was easy. They didn't do anything to make things easier for Embiid. I think they believe that Doc Rivers can get things easy for Embiid, which then takes a guy who scores 26, maybe up to 30, mm-hmm. just like that, and probably makes his defense better because he doesn't have to work as hard just to do anything on offense. Meanwhile, <laughs> Simmons he just won't shoot. And I know they, they downplay it. I don't know if they can run a functional offense as is unless he shoots. Now, maybe they make a trade. Maybe they do something to get a different ball handler. The Patty Mills trade was was just a rumor out there. Richardson goes, they get back Patty Mills. Something like that, that could change the dynamic a little bit. But as is, there's a lot more onus on Simmons to do things to change than Embiid. Embiid could solve his things by just, like, jogging on a treadmill. Simmons is more complicated. Well, What has a better chance of happening? Embiid getting in, I'm not going to say great shape, but but better shape, shape that would allow him to be a better player, or Simmons taking a few mid-range jumpers in the course of games. Well, the, they think that they say partially because Joel Embiid had the baby. Um, sometimes in the offseason, he I'd be and the, the the virus, he'd be in Africa, right? And he'd be okay, with his, uh, with his fiance, right? He's not from America. He's been doing that, and he's been pretty private due to the birth of the child and the virus. He's been in Philly. He's been at the facility. Yeah. So I think they kind of know whether or not he's in decent shape because they've mm-hmm. seen him. They say they're seeing him basically every day. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons thing, no one's going to believe until they see it in a game. So he right. might be shooting. He shoots. I can vouch for this. He shoots in practice, practice. all the time. Yeah. In his private workouts, he shoots all the time. All the time. Like he his he it's not that Ben Simmons doesn't try, doesn't practice shooting. He constantly practices shooting. 
but he never does it in the game. And can Doc Wilder. Rivers get can as, as respected as Doc Rivers is in this basketball world? Can he kind of get in where Brett couldn't? Probably. In, in in this way, they say that you remember the, you guys obviously remember when they did the Glenn Robinson trade. Yep. And he talked about how he didn't know his role. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They say the one thing that Doc's better at than probably anybody in the league, even better than Popovich is, the he will roles. publicly get the team and say, this is what you do. And he'll go to the team. I tell this guy, if he gets this shot in the corner to shoot it every time, if any of you guys have a problem with him shooting that shot, you come talk to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure he'll yeah. say, I need Ben. If Ben, you get here and you don't shoot, I need everybody in this team to yell at Ben Simmons. And none. Of, and Ben Simmons is a lot of things, but he does not like to be embarrassed. And the one thing, and, and the one thing I think that happened, too, at the end with Brett, Brett became the Charlie Brown teacher, where whatever he mm-hmm. said was just getting drowned out, was going yes. to get drowned out completely. And this is why they needed that new voice. And, and I think Brett was one year too long anyway. And it clearly played out, I think, that way. They need, it, they need somebody. Doc will get up in Ben Simmons' face if he doesn't do what he's supposed to do. Yeah, that's right. pretty clear. That's clear. And, and, and the main thing is just, it, there's no excuse for it, but it's just easier to solve. It's easier to take an NBA player who's already playing 30-plus minutes a night and get him to do a little bit more. That's easier to do than Simmons' thing because it does. It makes no sense. Like, we've seen Shaquille O'Neal. We've seen players that maybe start a season normally around Halloween not be in great shape. And then by playoff time, they're killers because during the season, we've seen that. Like, yep. none of that is foreign to any of us. The Simmons thing is very foreign to all of us. Yeah. We've never seen that. And that's Man. why I think it's just it's just tougher to solve. It just is. Let me let me get to the Phillies. Um, yeah. Why? Well, there's a report tonight by Jason Stark that says that they're going to start interviews next week at a oh. time when the Angels, are, the Angels have already hired their GM. Yep. The Marlins hired Kim Ning today. Who yes. has the first female GM in baseball? And I think that's a great hire. And by the way. yeah, she she's been around championship teams with the Yankees. She's been in Major League Baseball's offices. She's really smart. Dodgers, yeah. Dodgers. Uh, it's just the Keystone Cops organization right now, isn't it? I mean, you know, I look at it. You know, I used to be closer than I am now, but I look at it as they didn't know what they got themselves into, and now they're scared to death of where they go. And that's yeah. that's frightening if you're a Phillies fan. It, it absolutely is, and the and the fact that as bad as what Doug said this week, the the worst thing was McPhail talking about how a person wouldn't want to uproot their family during a pandemic. When you say that to a fan base, when you're when you're when you're firing people, and people out there see, and it's it's one thing with the players, but people understand the, a, a fan base like Philadelphia is obviously sophisticated enough to know that those office workers aren't rich. No, they're, those guys aren't making a bunch. They're not. They're in trouble. So you're cutting all this stuff. You don't want to pay another general manager because you're paying another general manager and it would look bad. And, and then you say those kind of things. and You see what the other organizations are doing. I think this fan base is smart enough to know that this is unacceptable. And you haven't won in forever. And you didn't make the playoffs when you need to win one game the damn last week of the season. There's just so much going into it that I don't think they're aware of. And when they, when you see all the moves that the Sixers made, and that week you say that out loud, it means that you're not at all connected with the fan base. No. And I think that matters when you're not going to win. And because of the Nationals, I think they'll be better over a 162-game season. The Braves have won how many divisions in a row again? Three. And they, again, three. back to yeah. – and, and have the NL MVP. Yeah. And Acuna. <laughs> 
and and they and they have a really good pitching staff and a farm system that's willing to produce. And that's something right. else. You look at the Marlins. You look at the you look at the Mets who have deep pitching rotation, and now they have an owner who will spend money. Yes, and money. you have a Phillies organization where you don't have a minor league system. <laughs> you you have multiple holes. You have center field, left field, which could be a hole. It's definitely going to be a hole after next year. Shortstop, mm-hmm. catcher, bullpen, two or three uh, starters. I, I you know, it's scary. It's really scary where they are right now because they're looking at last place. They got Bryce Harper. And and there's the other wild card. How pissed off is he going to be if he's going to be stuck here in an organization that's going to be a bottom feeder? Yeah, that that's... And it's tough because you're, you're killing his prime. Yeah. And he came here, and I know Jason Stark, we talked to him after the signing at, at spring training. He came here partially because of the ballpark. Yep. And things. he wants to set, he wanted to stay here long-term and passively set records. Home run 500 here. Yeah. Home run 600. He had big aspirations of, if, if I'm 27, if I can hit 30 a year, if I can hit 40 a year, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff was on his mind. He had a long-term plan. When he talked about, oh, he, we, he knew his wife was pregnant. He was thinking, oh, these Philly. He thought he was going to be settled here. Mm-hmm. And they were going to build, and he was going to be the start of something special. And instead, it doesn't look like that at all. And because it's just the nature of the game, let's say they did their plan. The, the rumor is they want to wait a year and get Theo. Let's say they can pull that off. So now he's 29, and now Theo's just starting. How long, if they do it the conventional way, drafting and developing, how how old is he before they're any good? 33. There's a realistic possibility that this takes another five years, realistically. Yeah. And your best friend's walking out the door, probably to a divisional opponent, you know, in real mudo. Um, yeah. But you got Joe Girardi. That's a saving grace, to be honest. I mean, yeah. I hate saying it. I know. Girardi I know. is a saving grace because he does add – even if you go get bottom feeder general. But, but at what point, Kevin, does he start feeling the same things you're saying that Harper's feeling? Yeah, but at this point, he, he is. dealt with the Marlins. Yeah, I mean. He's, he's, although, he's wait, he lasted gold. one year with the Marlins. Remember that. <laughs> I mean, and then he basically got fired because he told the owner to go bleep off. I mean. Yeah. Um, You know, you mentioned about being not judging the fan base. I mean, we, we talked b- before we went on about Chris, Chris Heck's comments. And how yeah. that didn't play well. There are there are things in this or in this city right now with it, the three organizations that the disconnect they have with their fan base is really bad and as bad as it's been in a long time. Would you agree with yeah, that? I do, and I know Chris is um having met him. I know he he wasn't malicious with the comment, and he since has apologized. I think he was um he misspoke, and I and I was even surprised with how strongly. And how forcefully people pushed back, pushed back on what he said. It's, I think that they're, I, I think they have a vision of what they think the city can be. And rather than organically let it happen, because they force they it. wanted to dick. Yeah. And the thing is, you can dictate it in the arena. Like the Sixers games are happening now. Mm-hmm. So, like for the first time since AI. It's a happening. People go down there to be seen, yeah. to see people. The young ladies are back down there. It ha- it like moves for the Flyers in the eighties and the early nineties through Lindros. Yep, ladies were going at the Flyers game because it was a thing to do to be seen. That was a thing. Yeah, it the was. Sixers, and then it it shifted over to AI almost like seamlessly, 
And then it was kind of nowhere. Well, then it went to the Phillies. Right. Because they were good. Like they had a nice thing. And then it was kind of dormant for a while because nobody was really good. And the Sixers have that right now. And with that comes a certain level of a, you know, cosmopolitan thing. The neighborhoods change. Oh, now they're not hanging in Maniac. Now they're in in Rittenhouse. And like, just let that happen and let it speak for itself. When you force it, I think, because even that person in Rittenhouse still thinks they're a Broad Street bully. Right. Even if yeah. they're not. And I think that 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 part of this culture is not going away. Maybe it should. Maybe we're not as blue collar as we think, but we still think we are. Therefore, you can't force it not to. Well, and Mike Solsky wrote a column about it today, actually, on Inquire.com. And he mentioned about the fact that he, he used the Flyers example. How the Flyers, for years, had that loyal fan base who would always be there and everything. Yep. And the game was the thing. Then, yes. though, since Ed Snyder died, they kind of added in other elements. And obviously, there's also the Kate Smith statue, which is a whole different topic. Yeah. Okay? But there, there's been it, the, loud, the loud sound, the mascot, pushing the mascot constantly, and that pissed Flyer fans off. And I think there's a little bit of that, like, what you say, like, kind of shoving it down your throat. The Phillies are a different animal. The Phillies just... Yeah. I think the Phillies know... Their fan base would understand about the pandemic stuff. I really do think fans would understand that. But the messenger is just the wrong one. The guy guy coming out in McPhail, he shows up and every time he talks, it's it's raining. They could be in the middle of July, 10 games up, and it's going to be, you know. That's just the way Andy McPhail is, and he was just a bad fit for the city. But he won a title in 91, Kevin. (sighs) Yeah. And okay. in addition to him being a bad messenger, he what is actually the message? They should have came up with what the message is going to be. Yep. If like if you come out, and then the other part was when the Marlins, who are known as the cheapest organization in the world, make the playoffs, make the playoffs, and then hire a GM. Yep. And you said what you said. Now it makes you look even worse. Now I can't understand. I could give you the benefit of the doubt. You're right. The fans are smart enough to understand. Okay. And even if you, 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 to your right media people, you leak out that the field thing's going to happen. You leak that out to right. make people wait. But now we hear about a possible vaccine in April. That means there's a chance that next season fans in some sort could be back at the ballpark at some point. After the All-Star break especially. All right. Okay. Why would I go? You've already told me that next year. Now, the Mar- I, I know I would go to a Marlins game, yep. UGM. You, they made the playoffs. I know I would go to a bunch of teams. Good, good young I'd, pitcher, too. Yeah, exactly. Look, at the Angels have not been good. They, they've misused Trout. We know that, right? Right. They take the assistant GM from a really good organization, mm-hmm. make him move across the country, yes, during a pandemic. pandemic. <laughs> and now there's hope that this guy is, I want to get in now because this guy's going to put players around Trout. What's the hope? Because it... It, it wears off in baseball, especially just going to see Bryce Harper. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It doesn't last. Yeah. And you know what the funny thing is? This was the genius of Pat Croce because I was fairly friendly with Pat. Those mm-hmm. years when he was with the – and it wasn't long. He never – he recognized all that, like what you're talking about. And he would – he made sure the message was the message that, you know, needed to be said and, and you needed to hear. And that doesn't mean everything he did was right. But when no, he made a mistake, he would admit a mistake. And, you know, correct, and corrected Davis it within a year, obviously, with the Greenberg-Johnny yeah. Davis thing. And, and I think that the fans love it. Yeah. Obviously, he had AI, and they went to a final and all that. But I think the fans love that. And I think that's missing a little bit now. 
It is. And that's one thing that where the, the Sixers thing could go away quicker than the other organizations. If Simmons and Embiid ball out, right? no one cares yeah. about what he said about the jersey. Yeah. If, those guys, if they start off 8-2 and two through the first 10 and then they, and they're wearing that jersey, nobody cares. Like, and, and they're good enough. <laughs> Best jersey in the league. Right, because they're eight and two. The Flyers thing's a little bit different, though, because as as fun as it was, they have their set fan base. The fans, this is the first time where I've heard where fans are actually recognizing, you know what, but we're not the lightning. Yeah. And then what do they do to get there? Usually previous generation of Flyers fans weren't as critical about things like yeah. that. They were kind of just happy to go. This particular time, they're like, I enjoyed it, but... I'm still mad at Giroux. He yeah, should be yeah. the captain. Yeah. And, and, and they know that the Lightning were much better. Game, like, game seven sucked. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that's the thing that Gritty can't solve that. No. Yeah. Gritty can't solve that. And, that. and that's why the Sixers in some ways are in the best shape to solve it because if their two stars play, yeah. Oh, oh who, hey, I said some dumb things. Hey, come, we're eight and two. We, we're about to go. We're about to play the Lakers. We'll go beat you. Like, you know. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things that you do is Club Tyrone, which is take yeah. that guy who isn't the star level, but you think is going yeah. to be a key player uh, on his way up. Guy you want to catch first. Who mm-hmm. is Who is the next guy for you? In this town. Well, it was it was TJ Edwards, but then he had such a good game last week <laughs> that people are because my but a lot of that had to do with the fact that I just thought the other linebacker was so terrible in Nate Gary. Like, yeah. Like when, when the stats say like you're the worst coverage linebacker in all of football, it's right to you're right his replacement's right to become a fan favorite because all you have to do is just not be horrendous. Yes. Don't but get turned around guy, by the tight end going up the seam. Yes. Right. If he's not traded though. A guy that could possibly do it would be Zaire Smith for this reason. Really athletic, can run up and down the court and dunk the ball. So I don't know if he can play basketball at all yet, but I'm trying to think if they can't move him. It's three years, though, isn't to, it? <laughs> I mean, huh? it's three years, isn't it, for Zaire? Well, this will be year three. Yeah, this will be year three. This will be year but three. But he was hurt, wasn't he? Yeah, peanut allergy yeah. Um, messed him up. And then last year, it was Stiebel just took a spot. Stiebel right. was better. Okay. What... But this fan base, if you look at Rashawn Holmes and certain players yeah. that go and can catch an alley-oop and dunk, uh-huh. we fall in love with them in this city. They might not be able to play a lick, but we fall in love with those guys. Grant, when he was still here, he has developed more with Denver. Didn't do a whole lot as far as basketball when he was here. Fans still took a shining to him. Yeah. If he can get on the floor, because they're going to need bodies, and he can just go dunk on some people, I believe that the fans will all of a sudden be fooled enough into thinking, that Zaheer Smith can play. That's if he's still here. That that contract because they can the team can decline the option. I think that's infinitely tradable. Hey, Ty if, Richardson, if, infinitely tradable. If Sadiq Bay is on the board when the Sixers pick, mm-hmm. could that be somebody that could help them? Maybe not right away, but I mean, he I don't could. know. Is, is he a guy the that could be is, there? The question is, can he shoot it well enough? This is the, the tough part. Richardson yeah. doesn't shoot it. They believe that Thibault will develop into a 3 and D guy, and I think Brett should have trusted him more at times because his replacements were always worse. But they need, they badly need spacing. And, and the guy from Stanford can shoot, right? He can really shoot, but now I think he's rising in boards, uh, okay. rising on boards. Uh, Cole Anthony's an interesting name there at 21 because he's one of those irrational confidence guys. Like, I think he can do some Lou Will-type stuff. 
He'd probably be a guy that comes off the bench, off the bounce, but in his mind, he's the best player on the court. Right. And his dad has a certain pedigree. He's been around the league. He would the moment wouldn't be too big for him. He could be a player that can help him right away. Um, I think that's what you're gonna end up with. A player who it'll be one of two things. A ball handling guard type, because to replace a netto type spot, a guy that can come off and handle the ball, or a shooting wing. I think those are the two places they're looking. I don't think they go forward uh, like power forward or anything. I think it'll be a a transporting guard that can develop some or a, another guy who can stand out there and, and catch and shoot a little bit because obviously we know they lack that in a big way and they don't want to have to rely on court miles. Yeah. Last question from me. Uh, you, you, yeah. <laughs> you have, I mean, obviously in the last couple of years with, with the show going on television uh, and with, the outsiders you've become pretty pretty prevalent has do you how much have you enjoyed this it's not a meteoric rise in the sense of you were doing a lot of work for a lot of years to get to this point yeah but how much is this last couple of years because of at every turn it seems like you know something good's happened for you um yeah it's, no, go ahead. it's been um it's been insane for me because um I feel sometimes people ask me for advice. I remember I started, I was, uh, it was 20 years ago. I was 20 years old. I started in the other place. And I remember back then, uh, me and Mike Garofolo, who works for uh, NFL, NFL Network, Network we started within a couple weeks of one another. And back then, that program director used to basically just, you got trained twice. And if you could do it by yourself after that, you stayed. And if didn't, you would go. So, I and people will ask for advice. And I always tell them that I can't really give advice because I've only survived. I haven't had success and I wouldn't want to give advice on just to survive. I would like to give advice on how to have some success. So it's nice to finally have some success. So that if someone asks me a question, I feel comfortable enough to give some insight because I think I might actually be able to share something that could actually help. And that's been the biggest thing. Cause I try to keep the ego and stay humble. Cause like this can all go away in media in a second. I could be going, it could all go away tomorrow. Like I know that I'm very aware that that can go like that could happen. But I like to think that um people can look at me a little bit and think like, if you just keep sticking with it, you'll get a break sooner or later if you just keep working at it. So that way it's been pretty, um, cause, cause the TV with the radio was unexpected. The outsiders, that was like five auditions, literally it's five different auditions. I, I had no idea. Like when I, I just was glad that they came back and that was a long process. So, to be able to do it, and I appreciate the kind words, that's been, uh, it's been gratifying, but I'm glad that if uh, young kids in the media, a lot of times I tell them not to go into this field in general, but if you're going to, I like to be able to tell them like, hey, here are some things you can actually do and have success rather than just survive. Well, and that's one thing I think both Michael and I will say that, you know, and obviously we're both on the outside now, somewhat. I mean, you know, I still dabble and all that, but you now have to adjust and you have to be able to to adapt to everything that goes on you know you, you mm-hmm. can't just be a radio guy anymore you have to be radio and television you have to be able to podcast you have to be able to to write some you have to be able yeah. to do a little bit of everything because that's the only way you're going to survive you have to have the multiple tools in the toolbox yeah and the other part was um you have to really love it like i tell people yeah. if, if you just like think it's cool to do this then i would recommend you not do this um you have to kind of love to do it and like I enjoyed, ra- I enjoy radio even more than I do sports, for example. So that's why I worked in different genres of radio, um, partially to, to get to make a living, but partially because I like doing it. Like when I worked at like the Wall Street Journal, 
Um, that was like very different, obviously, than sports, but I enjoyed it because I enjoyed the the craft itself. Like I, I really did. So that's another thing to survive that people can do if you are a young person. Um, if you're willing to go outside of your comfort zone as far as genre, there's a way to make a living. Yeah. But it's probably if sports, there's two stations. But now if you're going to do talk and you're willing to do this and that, all of a sudden – and you can maybe go to another city or stuff like that, it kind of opens up opportunities yep. for you. Mike, last You got question. a good Mikey Miss story? <laughs> There's a lot of good Mikey Miss stories. I got, a, I got some good Mikey Miss stories from back in the day. Yes, I know you do. One thing I will say, tell people before the show, uh, Mike does a lot of his prep on his own, and he likes the show to be spontaneous. So I rarely, if ever, know what Mike's going to say at 2 o'clock. <laughs> I make suggestions. Um I know what guests are going to be on, but I don't ever know for sure what this show is going to be day to day. When Mike arrives, we talk 90% more about music than we do the show. Really? I will say that. Like we're listening to music and stuff like that. And then the show starts and I find out when the other people find out what we're actually doing that day. And I think there's probably some people that think, because Mike can be, um, his personality can be abrasive at times. That's why he's been successful. That's also why he has the set of haters that he has. But you would be shocked what happens before the show starts, where he's playing a new alt song or something like that. When mm -hmm. We're four minutes away from the, the show starting. Hey, were, were those Brian Westbrook meatball things any good? I, I had to turn off the radio before they got there. They were, they actually were really good. And uh, <laughs> that was, I was shocked they were good. Tyrone Tyrone Johnson from 97.5 The Fanatic, NBC Sports Philadelphia. He'll be on Saturday morning from 9 to noon and, of course, 2 to 6 every week with Mike Missanelli. And hopefully in December with Sixers Outsiders. I know they're saying they're going to start in December. I'm not as optimistic, but. Yes, and I, I hope that we're back. So, yes, and thank you guys for having me. Listen, I thank appreciate, you I appreciate it. Yeah, no, and I read, you, read a lot of your stuff coming up. And I appreciate you guys having me hey, on seriously. Hey, Ty, Ty, the checks in the checks in the mail. Yeah, thank you, Ty. I appreciate <laughs> it. Oh, seriously, thank you, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Tyrone Johnson, and we'll be Stay back safe. on work of the beat right after this. Thanks to Tyrone Johnson for joining us is, uh, you know, it, Ty is one of the best stories you can have because again, he hustles, he works, he, and he's so opinionated and he's so charismatic. You know, his background better than me. So I, I didn't know some of those things he was talking about. I didn't realize he, he like, he'd been in for 20 years and all that. Yeah. I didn't. I mean, quite, he, he you know, was over, he was over at IP and he went, right. and he went to did some New York stuff and, now he's back, and and you know him. And th that crew, Natalie Eganoff, is obviously the third portion of it with Miss Anelli and, and Ty. Um, they're really entertaining, and so. But his uh, cautionary words there were so true; it could end tomorrow. Oh, it could because in our business, um, especially these days, you just don't know, man. I mean, you know, did you see what? Um, by the way, um, the guy, Dan, uh, who's the guy that does with Stugatz? Um, Dan Le Levitard, right. Did you see what he did? Yeah, that was awesome. The one guy got laid off by ESPN. Awesome. And, That's amazing. Yeah, and he basically brought him back as his own personal assistant out of his own. Of his and own and how does that look? make ESPN? And then look, I, I understand people are getting laid off. I, I get it. Right. But for Dan Levitard to say, hey, I got tons of money. 
you know, this life has treated me well. Mm-hmm. No, you're staying on and gave him a raise. Yeah. Yeah. It, My it, God. Levitard never- is one of those people that I know some people get, get rubbed the wrong way because he doesn't take sports as seriously as you're supposed to, which is a bunch yeah. of nonsense. Um, right. But he is also. He takes it serious when he has to. Yeah. He's also one of the really good guys in it to for people who work with him. All right. When I heard that when I heard that story, Kevin. I just you know, wow. Go for it. All right, here we go. So we're going to go into our college and our NFL picks, uh, Mister Kern. Hey, before you do that, yes, I'm going to say you're a little depressed right now. I I I, I get that. I, I understand the Eagles aren't all that. The Phillies are pissing you off. Um, not just I am? you, but we all. I'm, I'm in a great you. mood today. No, no, no. I mean, and you know why? Like, I mean, but no, I mean your overall thing, though. Sure. Please, you know, the, the, this, the PR staffs on a lot. You know, the thing with Doug this week, the Phillies. Yeah, I understand it's got you a little. But in a couple months, hopefully, hopefully now, I don't know what the world's going to look like, but the Flyers are going to start. There's going to be a lot of expectations. They may disappoint us. Who, who knows? I don't even know when hockey's starting. And they don't know either. The Sixers. I agree with everything Tyrone said. They may start off five and five instead of eight and two. You know, there, there may be speed bumps all along this road, mm-hmm. but I think there's a level of excitement there yeah. because of Doc Rivers. Uh-huh. And the Eagles um, may make the playoffs. And yeah, yeah, so you will feel better. The Phillies will still be horseshit, but that's well, a whole different story. You know what, though? The Phillies may do something and surprise you. Who knows? Come on. I, you, you know, it's Come a long on. way. No, but it's a long way between now and the start of the season. Um, you never know. Have you been you, you drinking? <laughs> have you been uh, drinking? I mean, <laughs> no, I just think we have to be fair too and say, yeah, it, it, we don't agree with a lot of what's went on down there, but it's still five months till the start of the season. You know, um, I'm willing to give them, you know, uh, just say, you know, let, let's you see know what, what you, you know what. Here. All right. I'm going to say this before we get into the pick segment. Okay. And this is my last word on the Phillies. I swear to God. They got shamed in the starting a GM search. They got shamed in the starting a GM search. But is that John's fault? Is it because well, he's the one that dictates all this, right? Yeah, but I think also Andy basically has just been, you know, Andy is doesn't give a shit at this point. He really does. John went up to him and said, "Hey, we should get it. These teams all got GMs. You know, Marlins got one. The, the, the Mets just fired. Yeah, it's their probably guy. like, what are you doing? <laughs> yes, that's probably what I mean, happened. I mean." Two of the the teams in their division that they could be competing with just got new GMs or are going to get it. The Mets are going to get a new GM. Well, the Mets, I mean, have, well, the Mets have got a new baseball ops president in Alderson. Right. I, I just, I, you know, I, that, look, that, that, you look at it, the, it, you look at the four teams in their division that they face. Yeah. Sandy Alderson's a borderline Hall of Famer. Yeah. You, well, you, so is McPhail. I'm just saying. I, I'm 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 not making a job. I'm just saying. Mike Rizzo is one of the best GMs in baseball. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, the brave situation right now with Alex Anthopoulos and everything is, is just going. I think it's Alex Anthopoulos still down there. And then Kim Ning going to, to the Marlins. Right. And, and, you know, the Marlins were improving anyway before they had competent GM leadership. So she relocated, huh? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Although it's easy to relocate to South Beach. See, here's, here's, well, Florida, though, I, mean, I don't know if it's easy to relocate anywhere. You know, depending on where the hell the virus is, but here's the problem with the Phillies, Kevin. First of all, they haven't won in a while. They they went through their own process, even though they didn't 
call it a process, and they weren't. But we were so optimistic. They signed Harper. They got Real Molto. They got the manager. They got DD on a one-year deal. They went for it too early. They got Wheeler. Yeah. Um, but we were optimistic. Yeah. I mean, we you know we didn't think they're going to win the World Series, no. but we were like, okay, you know, but they're they, relevant. They went for and, it too early. Yeah. They well, went for it too early. They weren't they ready. To. They weren't ready to do Real but Muto and Harper. Pandemic, and, but if the pandemic had not occurred, they would have been I even worse. Know. Maybe, but you don't know. I mean, they, with John that bullpen, I know. <laughs> but he wouldn't have been laying people off. And he no, I, no, I, you're right on that. But with that bullpen, they would have been worse. No, you're right about the bullpen. The bullpen, there's no answer for that. That that's that's and that starting rotation, they would have been worse. They would have been more exposed over one sixty two. But we were still optimistic because of the moves they had made. Sure, the other I, I understand. I and understand. now we're we're not because none of those. I mean, I mean, the manager's going to be here. The right fielder's going to be here. Wheeler's going to be here. But you know, the other two guys might probably won't be here. And then you look at the team and you're like, we got a hole here, a hole here, a hole here. And oh, by the way, the bullpen really stinks. Yeah. Um. All right. It's just, you know, it's just, it's disheartening from where we were. Let's, let's say when they went on that 10 and one streak last year mm-hmm. and we all thought they were going to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. and, you know, from that point to now, it's just been hard to digest. Yep. All right. So let's get into the pick segment and this he, is hard to digest too. This is hard to digest. Just find me where you are. So let me be honest here. We were. Are, are there any college games being played this week? <laughs> Just a few. Um, hey, can I say one thing? Go ahead. I, I I don't know how good Temple was going to be this year. Yeah, but I feel it was bad. Going to be I feel a, bad. A normal world or whatever. I feel. I feel yeah, I mean, like awful for him. Everything that's possibly could happen. Look, I was worried when they hired this coach because I didn't think it was necessarily the right choice. Uh huh. But they won eight games. And I was told, you know, they're going to be a six and six team with this guy. We've seen some guys transfer out. Who knows why? But they've got all these COVID issues. Yep. They've got the the um the injury issues. Um, and they're playing some good teams. I mean, the Americans got some good teams in that league. And they're like 24-point underdogs this week going to UCF. And I know some people like UCF. I just feel bad, you know. It just because of what it was a couple of years ago, you know. I don't know. All right, it's just well. Here we go. It's sad. Uh, you want to? You have a few. You know, you. I like. have a few off the. I, I didn't write them down because I was running around today, but I'll, I'll throw a few at you. I kind of like the BCs getting two touchdowns against the Notre Dameers, and I'm not because of what happened in '93. I, you know, nothing. Yeah, that's like that. not going to happen. I get that. No, okay, but. And I would almost, I'm going to throw like three or four games at you and say, you know, even if you want to tease yeah. a couple. Notre Dame is a 12, by the way. Notre Dame's favorite okay, by 12. Okay, so it's coming down a little bit. Yep. But I'm just saying, I think, I mean, BC played Clemson really well. And, and not that that, whatever. I think they had last week off. Yeah. They're not a horrible team. I just think it's a tough spot for Notre Dame to, you know, go to beat Boston. I think they're going to win. I, I don't think they're going to lose. But I think it could be like a touchdown kind of game. Um. 
you know, and like I said, if you want to tease BC up to like 18 and throw him in with somebody, you know, it's fine. I, I would think Rutgers, I think, is giving six, six and a half to Illinois. Uh, um, it is actually. I can look that up. Go ahead. A little higher? No, I think it actually. No, it's six. It's six. Okay. So I would, I mean, there's a, I think Rutgers is, with Shiano there, is a little better than Rutgers has been. I don't think Illinois is good at all. And they got to get on a plane and go to, to, you know, North Jersey. I think I like Rutgers in that in that spot. Um, and there was one or two others, Kevin, but I don't have my list in front of me, and I don't want to make you run down every game because that's not. Well, I'll give you a couple. Um, I'll give you a couple on my own here. I'll go take. Ahead, go I'll ahead. take. I'll take. I know Wisconsin hasn't played in like two weeks. I'll take Wisconsin lay to four and a half at Michigan. I think Michigan is done. I think Michigan is. Saturday night game, yeah. empty big do you house. Know, do you know if yeah, they don't the status of the Wisconsin quarterback was still up in the air. I I don't know if that matters or not. I I, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out. I you. understand. I'm not sure it right. matters. Uh okay, that's fair. I mean, I, fair. I think that Michigan I think this is a matter of Michigan right now is just one of those teams that I think has just gone completely belly up. I, I don't think that there's anything there. I think they know the head coach is in trouble. I think the head coach is looking for other jobs at this point. I, I just, I'll, I'll take, you know, Wisconsin. I'll lay the points on the road. Okay. Uh, I'll also take Miami as a road dog. Getting to Miami's nine, by the way. Their only loss is at Clemson. They played bad against Clemson. They, they, they've played, they haven't covered when they've been, they're, they're a weird team. I, I hear you. Virginia yeah, Tech's favorite two and a half for a new kickoff. Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. Yeah. To me, that smells of Miami winning that game. It just does. I just don't like the game. Um, The Eric King is really good, by the way. I know what other one I liked. I like the Knits. Go. Um, Look, I'm I'm the opposite on this one. But go ahead. What's that? I'm the opposite on this one. That's fine. And you might be right. And I know Nebraska ain't much. I know they're going to be home. I just have a feeling that they have to play a good game. And maybe they won't. Maybe they'll go to 0-4. Maybe they'll only win by a point. I have no idea. But I just think they're better than they've shown. And I'm hoping that this week is the week they finally show that. I'm not saying they're going to win by three touchdowns. But three just seems light. But usually there's a reason. So, go ahead. Give me remember, the well, no. Remember a couple years ago, Adrian Martinez was billed as like a really good candidate for for you know yeah, quarterback from right. Nebraska, and he right. hasn't played well. They haven't played at home yet either. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, I didn't know that. So I, I, I'm going to kind of count on that the home edge, and I, I, I there's going to be some crowd. I uh, you know I guess it's friends and family only, but. Um, you know, traveling cross country when you've lost, when you basically have seen your season zapped out, like Penn State has, where you can't make a major bowl, your your head coach is blaming himself because you know with everything going on, and you know you get their rear end kicked by Maryland last week. You know, apparently it's a Maryland team that may have had tons of COVID on it. I, Sean Clifford's not played really well. I don't like Penn State right now at all. I'll take that's fine. I'll take Nebraska on that one. Later, uh, okay. Get the three and a half. Uh, okay. I got to ask you before we move on to uh, the NFL. Uh, UCLA, uh, UCLA, the Pac-12 again is seeing another rash. UCLA was supposed to play Utah, I think, 
and Cal was supposed to play Arizona State. Arizona State, obviously, Herm Edwards, and we send our best to Herm, um, had to uh, cancel their game. So the two sides that canceled their game decided to play on Sunday. Now, the, the, you know, UCLA was not the reason that they had to cancel their game against Utah. Utah didn't have enough players for scholarship. Arizona State didn't have enough players for scholarship. So Cal was looking for a game. Are we going to see more of that as we move along here of convenient rescheduling? Like, you're, Well, you're not going to see it in the Big Ten. I don't think you're going to see it in the SEC. I mean, I, I, I in the Pac-10. No, because there's only like a month left in this in this season anyway. All right, does it point out that I mean, the Big I don't Ten? Think, I, I don't think this is going to become the norm. I just think it was one of those things that happened to work that way. I, I don't think that you're going to see like Alabama looking to play uh, Mississippi if both teams suddenly find themselves in an off week. I mean, the SEC only has like four teams playing anyway. So, well, no, I, I mean, I'm not saying it won't happen again. I'm just saying I don't think this is in any way going to become, you know, how the much, norm. All right, how much longer can the can college football keep going at this rate? They're going to keep going through the playoff. What, what part don't you understand? Well, I'm just if saying, the, like, there is Devin, talk this week if, that if, this is reaching a crisis FCC, point. The F, SEC commissioner came out earlier this week and said, we're going forward. Now, this is an SEC commissioner who had five games canceled this week or four, okay? The only way this stops is if there's, like, one week there's no games. I mean, they, they obviously, the playoff committee is going to have a tougher assignment because you're going to be dealing with, you know, some teams might only play five games or, or whatever. I don't know. You know, you can't – they're not obviously – it doesn't seem like they're showing any signs – of breaking from the January 11th date of the national title game. That's what they keep saying. Yeah. So if you're not going to do that, why do I think the season's in trouble? The season will have an asterisk. I mean, look, I know BAM is the best team in the country this minute as we sit here. Yep. Doesn't mean they're going to win the championship. They're going to be in the playoffs barring some miracle of life. Clemson is probably going to be in the playoffs. Ohio State is probably going to be in the playoffs. Again, barring some an upset or whatever. That's three to four teams. Yeah. What more do I need to know? They're going to pick a fourth. So it'll either be Florida, it'll be Texas A&M, it'll be Notre Dame. Um, give me another. Is there another team you can think of that might Wisconsin, if Wisconsin doesn't lose to anybody? Oregon. And then you'll have a, you're right, Oregon. So then you'll have a playoff. Yeah. And somebody will complain that they didn't get in as the fourth team because it happens every year, and they'll have a playoff. The only way they won't have a playoff is if a team goes to the semifinal and contracts COVID, <laughs> you know, which I can't tell you won't happen. Well, Or they go to the title game, which I think is it. Where is the title game this year? Uh, is it well, last year was New Orleans. Is it Miami this year? I, I, I don't, off the top of my whatever, I don't know, Kev, but what I'm saying is, barring that, that's the only thing that will stop this thing from reaching a culmination. Until nobody is talking about, hey, we could play our national title game on February the third, right? Because the problem is, if you keep moving it back, now you're really into the NFL playoffs. Yeah, Assume, well, assuming that they go, get, get on you know, time. according to plan too. There's so much of this, you know. You don't know when the NHL's starting. You just, you know, they don't know when they're starting. No, the NBA, we kind of think they're going to start here, but. 
We don't know. I want to get into another topic with this, but let's get to the sure. end, let's get to the NFL picks uh, before. Don't forget what your topic was. Now I remember because it involved okay. it involved the Ivy League, obviously. So I think you know okay. where it's going to be. All right, here we go. All right, the NFL getting going on Sunday. Well, they got going last night. Interesting game, by the way. The Colts. I, I would have not had Tennessee, and I had the Colts before the year. I told you I thought the Colts were going to be pretty good, win the division, but then I sort of soured on Phillip Rivers a little bit. Yep. But, man, they went down there, and, and, you know, Tennessee three weeks ago, four weeks ago was, you know, and now they've lost three or four yeah. to good and the, teams. And the I mean, only, and the only win teams. is against the Bears who are struggling. Right. It's just it, this league, it's, it's, it's funny how things change, you know, but the Colts – I give the Colts a lot of credit, man. They went there and whooped them pretty good. All right, so you don't have a list of games in front of you, correct? No, I don't have it because I, I just so okay. G- you, give me your picks or something, and then all right, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a few. I'm gonna take the Raiders. I'll lay the four at home against the Broncos. You know, I think Las Vegas is one of those teams that is just sneaky good. Derek Carr is. Derek Carr has really just played solid football. It's not spectacular, but he's solid yeah. football. They're a good team. They're not a great team, but they're a good team. But at home, I'll take them over to Broncos. Drew Locke has an, uh, Drew Locke has been inconsistent a little bit this year. Um, you know, they just the only thing that's weird with some teams in this league they play close games. Like the Broncos seem like they, the Chargers always play close games. I just get leery, but I agree with you. I mean, I, I could not take the Broncos in that game. There, right. There's there's no way. All right, game two. I'll take the Cardinals at home, laying two and a half to the Bills. Uh, Arizona, we both said last week we thought they're pretty good. They're coming off a loss, obviously, to Miami. Yeah. But, I, I you know, I just think it's a lot. The Bills coming back after beating Seattle. This is where we'll find out about the Bills. You know, the Bills win a big game at home, and they've won two big games at home between the Rams and the and the Seahawks. Now you got to go on the road and travel and t- take yeah. that kind of energy with you. I don't know if I trust Josh Allen just I yet would, in that I spot. would lean towards the Cardinals. Yeah, I, it, it makes – because a lot of things in this league are about, you know, how – you know, everything's week to week. You know, one week Seattle looks like the best team in the league, and then they go lose or something or whatever. Yeah, I would take. I, I think I would take a shot with the Cardinals there too. I agree with you. Um, I'm going to take the Giants getting four over the Eagles because I think the Giants are going to win the game outright. I, I, if you put, you know, if I had to make a pick, I think I would lean that way, only because, like I said, the, the games are so bad in this division. Yeah, the, the games are just bad, and that to me lends itself to being close games. Um, you know. The first game, the Giants should have won, but the Eagles actually had the best of that game for like two-thirds of the game, and then the Giants had that one stretch where they drove down the field. Well, uh, the quarterback had the run that he stumbled on, and then they drove that 98 yards. Yeah, I, w- I, yeah, I wouldn't bet the game. This feels, like, for- this feels like a game. The Giants have had a lot of demons against the Eagles over the last decade, really. If you go back to even the Michael Vick game 10 years ago, um, this just feels like an exorcism. I don't know why. I just get it's, this. It's sense. not going to be an exorcism, but the Giants might win. But I, I think you're getting way too deep here. I, I just no. I just think that this is the type of game. Two and seven teams that, don't that, have exorcism. No, but guess what? That two and seven team, if they win, yeah, they're a half. They're a half game back. 
with a much more favorable schedule than the one that's going to be in first place. And if the Eagles win, they'll they'll win the division. I mean, the division will be basically much. wrapped up. So why for, would it be easy at this point for the Eagles? No, I, I, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying don't. I, I don't think there's an extra. What's the over-under on that game, by the way? I think I saw 44. I might lean towards the over. And I, 44 and, and a half. Yeah, I'm not sure, 100% sure why. Because the Giants don't score a lot. They turn no, the they, ball over. They've averaging 18.7 points a game. Yeah. maybe. Well, maybe it won't be over then. Um, And finally, this is my best bet of the week. Okay. I'll take the Vikings lay the three on the road against the Bears. I think the Bears are a shot fighter. And I think the Vikings are starting to come on a little bit. Obviously, win at Lambeau. Have, the Vikings have played like the team I thought they were going to be. Yep. Um. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Delvin Cook has been phenomenal. Uh, the quarterback is the quarterback. I mean, he's not but, a horrible. But Justin Jefferson know. gives them a weapon on the outside. It looks like they're starting not to miss Stephon Diggs as much as they did early in the season. I'll put it this way. I wouldn't play the Bears in that game. No, that, that, because you know. I think Nick's yeah. shot. I think Nick is shot. <laughs> the, the problem is sometimes with a team like the Vikings, all of a sudden they'll play a couple of good games and you get all excited. Yeah. You know, and the bear, and, and it's just one. I, I hate division games when you're laying points on the road, but I, I couldn't bet the Bears. All right, in good conscience. All right, since you have no direct picks, I'm going to give you a game in the line. Well, I liked a couple of your games. So okay, uh, Texans are three and a half point underdogs at Cleveland. Man, well, I, I would probably lean to the Texans. I like Cleveland, Cleveland is so hard to decipher. The Eagles are going to get them next week. Yeah. I like we're going to be sitting here next week talking about the Browns. Um, I would probably lean to the – you're saying Texans getting three and a half? Yeah. I would probably lean to them, but they ain't no bargain either, you know. Uh, Washington is on the road at Detroit. Detroit's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Wow. <laughs> Man, is Washington that bad? <laughs> Look, you know, Stafford – I wouldn't well, touch Well, no Stafford, game. yeah. I don't know. There's no status on Staff- There's no status on him at this point. Boy, I, well, if Stafford, if we don't know about Stafford, I couldn't bet the Lions. You no. know, if he played, I would lay. I'd stay away from that game. Oh, he was in concussion protocol early in the week. Yeah, I'd stay away from that game. Uh, I would agree with that. Um, Packers thirteen and a half point favorites at home against Jacksonville. And I guess if you're an Eagles fan, you're rooting for Detroit, right? Because you don't want to see the Redskins no, get another you, win. No, especially if you think yeah. it could be a two-game Well, with win. their schedule coming up, you said they might be able to win a few games. Yeah. What were the Packers? 13 and a half against the Jags. I, I hate laying the double dig, but I can't bet the Jags. Sorry. No, yeah, so I, I, don't, I think a golden rule is never bet the Jags. Yeah, but, Buck- but laying double dig can be a problem. I found that out the hard way. Yeah, Buccaneers are five and a half point favorites in Carolina. No Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, coming off that debacle, um, I'll tell you, this is going to sound really weird. I, I, I mean, the logical choice is to say that the, that the Bucks are going to bounce back and beat the crap out of the Panthers. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to beat the crap out of the Panthers. I would probably stay away, but I just have some weird, sneaky feeling that that might be like a three-point game. Uh, we already went Broncos, Raiders, Dolphins at home facing the Chargers. This is uh, Dolphins are one and a half point favorites at home. This is interesting. Justin Herbert is really good, and he'll face Tua. 
How many times have the Chargers lost games on the last play of the game? It, it's it's almost like every, but I think I love I love Herbert. I think the Dolphins got something going. Uh, I don't yeah. think they're a great football team. I might have to take the Dolphins laying the one and a half. Yeah. Game of the weekend, at least on paper. Seahawks go to L.A. Rams are two-point favorites. And the Seahawks are coming off a bad game, right? Yep. And did Seahawks the Rams def- have off? Seah- Seahawks' defense was the worst in football. They stink. Yeah, they're awful. Kevin, they're hard. I mean, and that's why I don't think – I mean, Russell Wilson's tremendous. We all know that. I mean, it's not like some be- – Wasn't weren't the Rams off last week? Yeah. I think I would I, – I hate betting Russell Wilson to lose back-to-back games because I, I know there's some weird stat on some of these quarterbacks like that they know, but I think I would have to lean towards the Rams there. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, Saints are at home, nine-and-a-half-point favorites against the Niners or whatever the shell of the Niners is right now. I couldn't bet the Niners in good faith, but, no. y- you know, um, I don't want to get carried away with the Saints coming off that 38-3 thing. Um, but I thought, yeah, all the teams I thought that were going to be good before the year that weren't, and now all of a sudden they look like they're good. I, I-, I don't know what that means. Teams, I, I think, probably... are finally finding their-, their rhythm. Well, I mean, look, Drew Brees ain't Drew Brees. I-, I get that. And they haven't played with Michael Thomas like almost the whole year. And they- they're in contention for the one seed now in, in the whole conference. Um, you know, and they've suffered the three losses the last three years in the playoffs that have just been, like, gut-wrenching. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, 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 I that, that might be one of those games you tease that down to, like, a three yeah, and figure that, the, that they can beat the Niners by three at home. Bengals are in Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger has to get cleared tomorrow morning. Uh, Steelers right. are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. And I'll tell you, I mean, look, the Steelers are unbeaten. At some point, there's going to be some, you know, they're going to be start talk. But I'll tell you what, man. The Bengals have been a cover machine. They are. Um, they do really well. So I, as much as I think, yeah, I like the Steelers, but it's a division game. I almost think I would take a shot on the Bengalis. You know, I'm looking to see, and there's no uh, some have of this they has played been this year. Is this a rematch? No, this is their first time. Okay. I mean, I know it sounds stupid because I don't think, but Joe Burrow. I mean, I, I think they they've only not covered once or twice. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you know, I, and I love what the Steelers are doing. I, yeah, you know, I think they're really good. I still don't think they're as good as Kansas City, but um, we'll find out probably. Bad Sunday night game. Ravens in New England against the Patriots. Baltimore Lane 7. Man. Wow. Bad Sunday night game. Do you think the Patriots can, can find enough to win that game? No. Okay. I just don't think there's I, enough offense there. You struggle against yeah, the Jets. Yeah. Struggle against the Jets. But you know they they should have beat the the Bills two weeks ago. I mean they were going to win that game if Cam Newton doesn't fumble the ball at Buffalo, right? I think that game was at Buffalo. Yep. Um, I I I I, I just know if I lay seven against Bill Belichick, he'll cover yeah, he or will. he'll do something goofy. Um, I would stay away. Yeah, I would stay away too. So that's the uh, that's the picks. What's the Monday night game? Is that's that was that the, that's the Vikings Bears? Oh God, really? Yeah, that's not a good watch. It's a weird week because there's a lot of teams on buys, and we should point out for everybody, CBS has no early game this week. They're, they have no, three games total because they got the Masters. 
That's right. Now it's going to be. A, it, it could be a great finish on Sunday. Yeah. Now the one thing about the Masters we should tell people: if the Masters goes past four o'clock, which could because of the sure. Sunday delays or the, you could have, you could have a playoff. You could have a playoff. It wouldn't be on CBS because they're congrat, uh, contractually obligated. Goes to the Golf Channel or ESPN, ABC. Wow, where they? Oh, because they're affiliated with, with ESPN. ESPN. Yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. So if would this the same happened, announcing crew beat like yes, would Jim be on ABC? Yes, and they're going to allow that. Yep. Okay. It's the contingencies. They okay. want because I think Augusta National wanted the widest possible audience. I mean, look, you got Dustin Johnson, you got Justin Thomas, uh, John Rahm. My guy in my pool is like one off. He's got six. I mean, it, it could be. I mean, look, it could. It could be a great finish on on. And Bryson DeChambeau, by the way, might not make the cut. Yeah. Um. And, and let me let me point this out. I took great delight the last two days as I watched the the Thursday action um, on the uh, ESPN Plus and everything. Every time DeChambeau like duck hooks one, today was a lost ball. And he pouts and whines and acts like a baby and acts like he knows everything about everything and that somebody is. Well, that's who he is. I mean, you know, I, I, you know golf needs a villain as much. Yeah. I mean, he he's he's like going Shooter McGavin right now. I mean, well, for a while, Patrick Reed was the villain, you know, because he he would kind of say I mean, he can still be there too. Yeah, but I mean, look, Bryson won the U.S. Open, so. You know, and he and he's come up with this new theory about how he's going to play golf and bulk up. And I give him credit for doing it and winning the U.S. Open at Wingfoot by five or six shots, whatever he won by. The only guy to break par, but you also have to hit the golf ball straight. Yeah. You know, as I said to you the other day, you know, it. it and if you it, and he doesn't, uh, you know, hit now. Could he win more majors? Because he's just hitting the ball straight that week, sure. And he's not the greatest putter in the world. No, and and so, he looks like you know, Frankenstein punt, putting right now. Well, I mean, because he's you know, so he's got, stiff in the upper body. But he's like, got a U.S. Open trophy. I get it. So I'm not going to sit there and just like, you know, say, ah, oh, yeah, Bryson. He got, yeah, no, he just won the U.S. Open. He's got as major, many majors as Dustin Johnson, who's been out here for like 12 years. He's got as many majors as Justin Thomas. Um, and on and on. So, you know, um, and by the way, Tiger, I don't think is going to miss the cut. I no. mean, he could, I guess, if he went. No, south but you know what? He's only, he's only bogey two holes, both yeah. of them were because just a little putting hiccups. No, but when you asked me the other day, oh, which no. way would I bet? Right. And I just said, it's I a just little late now to see him. Bet. Miss, yeah. I couldn't see him missing the cut. Now, do I think what it was? What was your bet? Did he miss the cut or finish top in the ten? Top five, top ten. Yeah, and I'm not sure he's going to finish in the top ten. But I just thought. Oh, I could still see it. Yeah, he could, but he could also bogey a few holes tomorrow, and maybe not. I'm saying, he, he yeah, I, I just thought. But when you asked me the question, I was thinking about it. I just it could. It was harder to see him missing the cut. Right. I, that's you know the one. The I one thing. The one thing that benefits him is. He's he's playing the second shot at eleven when they resume in the morning. Nobody plays eleven better than him in, in recent years. He's actually played eleven really well. So he's got Amen Corner to get through. He's got the two par fives that he can make up some yeah. shots. I think we'll be at like six or seven under by the time they he gets the T and off for the third round. Uh, so. 
You can also hit your first shot on 11 in the water. Um, you know, I mean, it's that kind of golf hole. It's, you know, you you usually can't play right. that hole aggressively. Well, his, his first shot on 11, he did he teed off and he hit his first shot on 11. And it's down the left-hand side. Right. So now he's so got his a, first shot tomorrow is going to be mm-hmm. a shot to a green where if you hit it anywhere near the left side, right. the ball goes in the water. That's all I'm saying. He might oh, bury yeah. the hole. He could. But uh, you know, it's he, 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 is he playing better? Yes, I, I don't think he's going to play like he did. Oh, he would on, need the field to back up, and there's too many people for him. Well, the field ain't going to back. The field's not backing up to the way the weather is down there. No, no you're right. The, way to, what, the weather tomorrow is supposed to be good. So now, whether they dry the greens out or not, I don't know. The weather for Sunday is supposed, but there's a chance between I think one and three or one and four that there could be a slight chance to rain. So, you know, they could be ending in that. Um, it's just too many. The problem is, even if Tiger is like five or six under, mm-hmm. okay, there's like, he's still trailing like 15 guys. Yeah. And like five of those guys are pretty good. Um, but he was trailing in 19. You know, he he didn't take the lead until the 12th hole on Sunday. Sunday. So, would I say he can't do it? No. I, I, I'd never say Tiger Woods... Well, all right, well, I'll ask you this obvious question before we move on to that other topic I wanted to talk about. If he's within two shots of the lead on Sunday, okay, do you think they're – now, remember, we're not going to hear the Tiger roars because there's no gallery there, or no no patrons there, excuse me. Um, Do you think he still is the presence that can get guys rattled to come back to him? Uh. Or not? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure, Kevin, because, I mean, I've heard that over the years. I think there was a time, I, I think people overplayed that a little bit. Like, people said, well, the only reason he won 14 majors because everybody choked. No, he won 14 majors because he was up, like, 10 shots after, like, the second. But I've heard that. I've heard that from a lot of people. Like, well, you know. Well, and that's, uh, a te- and that's, a gr- that's what great players do. Great players do force guys to come out of their shoes a bit. Jack, right, for, but, like, like in in '86, Jack forced Seve to overthink right, but, shit. But Tom Watson looked Jack in the face many times. Sure, to beat him. Uh, Lee Trevino beat him in like three majors head to head. So I'm just saying, like, the argument is that Tiger somehow didn't earn. Like, Tiger's no. 14 wasn't as impressive because none of the top guys, like Phil Mickelson and him, never faced off in, on a final round. Or uh, Sergio to one time in '99, early in Sergio's career. Um, I, I don't buy a lot of that because half of those majors are more than he, he was winning because he went out and won the tournament on Friday and Saturday. Right. So he didn't need that. So I mean, I don't know. Like with Dustin Johnson or or Justin Thomas or John Rahm or one of those guys like Field Tiger. I don't know. Like I don't think necessarily last year or in 2019. Yeah, which was last year. I don't know believe. if any of those guys, like Molinari, might have might have felt that because he was he in the same Molinari. group. But I'm not sure, like Shoffley or Dustin F- uh, Finau did. Yeah, but but you know, I mean, and maybe it was because. Ty- but again, there's noise. There's not going to be any noise. No, and that um, that's going to be the one thing that's been missing. Yeah, but I mean, you know, and that could affect Tiger too. That could. I I don't know. Um, Especially on like sixteen, yeah. 
I think he's going to play good the rest of the way. I'm not sure it's going to be good enough to be a serious factor on Sunday, but I'm not saying it won't be either. All right, so when we're talking this I'm time... I'm going to tell you something. If he wins on Sunday, if they're giving him a green jacket, it's bigger than the last time he won it. I, I you know... To me, it is because he hasn't done crap ball all year. Yeah. But, you know, Augusta does that. Augusta has a strange way of, of I think Phil's been playing fairly Phil, well, right? Phil's a five under. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a guy, yeah, and I even said, now, if, people, now if Tiger's giving Phil the jacket on Sunday, now that's well, a story. That's a bigger story. Right. But I said that on the Betters Insider, and I say this all the time I said, look, put five bucks on Tiger. You know, even if you don't, you might be throwing your five bucks away, but he's 40 to one. And if in case he does, you can say, hey, and I said the same thing with Phil, because Phil was like um, 50 to one, I think, uh, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, at least. Um, And I said, hey, do I think Phil's going to win? No. But if he does, you know, because they're the kind of guys that can do that. Right. Um. You know, 50, 50 year old Phil Mickelson or a forty four year old Tiger, and this is the one. Th- this is the one thing. If you've watched these first two days of the tournament, you saw Larry Mize finish it. Was at two under yesterday. I think he actually may make the cut. Bernard yeah. Lawner is going to make the cut. Yeah, you you see these older guys yeah. still playing well on this yeah, course. I mean, yeah, um, like I said before, Freddie Couples always play seems to play it well. Um, Jack and Tom played well into their mid to late fifties. I mean, Christ, they, they would Jack was in contention in '98 until he was, uh, and he was 56 well, they, years old. They were in contention, yeah, but yeah, but I'm not serious contention. But they they were there. They you know, um, but Augusta does that because yeah. they know the course. They've played the course 20, 25 times in competition. They've probably played it, you know, five, ten times more than that just playing it, they know how to play. And Augusta's one of those courses, you got to kind of know how to play. That's why, like, first-time guys usually don't right. do as well there. Um, although I think Answer might actually be a first-time guy. You'll love this one. The other day, my guy at, at Freshworks up in Woodhaven, he's in a pool. So he's got to pick, you know, he's got, like, I don't know, he had, like, the ninth pick. I think I gave him Tyrell Hatton because he was like the best player that was like. But anyway, he gets to pick in the second round. So it's maybe like the 30, 35th pick, whatever. And he goes, Could you help me like come up with a guy? Yeah. So we're looking. I'm looking at the guys who are left. I said, Abraham answer. It's time so for the lead. Him. Yeah. No, he won't win. No, but he's but, time for the lead. Yeah, but I think in this guy's pool, you only cash for the winner. I don't think you get like a um, um Yeah, I, a, I get a, it. A, a miscon there's no miscongeniality. No. I don't think that kind of goes like that. Just do me a favor. Yeah. Just root root for John Rom. Just just do that. I'm not the world's biggest John Rom fan. That, I'll do it for you. Oh, okay. So you can cash and, it. Okay, I'm, I'm in a pool. If John Rom wins, I'm going to win the pool, I think. Okay. Uh before we go. Ivy League. The Ivy League has decided to cancel their basketball season. And um well, all sports, right? All winter sports, yes. Right. Um, but spring sports are still Spring they sports will start the lead, and fall sports, which we're going to play in the spring, are not going to happen. What happens with a football player, Kevin? Like it was, um, <laughs> does he get question. to come back, or is he? Yeah, everybody will be allowed to come back because the Ivy League usually doesn't do that. No, but I think they've given that, and especially for for uh, for guys for this year. 
But some some Ivy League players are already leaving. I think the right, one right, I think the right. one Dartmouth player is already went to, tra- went to Temple. Temple. Um, no, that was a basketball player. No, that's what I meant. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, which leads to, you know, we're two weeks away from what is supposed to be the start of college basketball season. Um, I don't see it right now. Do you? Yeah, Villanova's had COVID issues. Um, Jay Wright, Joe Giuliano did a story the other day. You know, um, look, Kevin, I, I try. Yeah, I don't know how many times we can say this, or I can say this, or you said the same thing. The world is a fluid situation. Yep. Okay. Regardless of what we've heard from leadership or whatever, whatever, nobody can sit here right now, this minute, and tell me there's going to be an Olympics. Or that there's going to be fans in the Olympics. Or there's going to be fans in the Super Bowl. Or there's going to be a Final Four in March. Or anything. The baseball season is going to start in April. We don't know. We don't know. Because the only thing... Now, look, the football season, I'll give I'll give the NFL credit. They've had problems. Mm-hmm. They have problems, you know. But they, they've made it this far. They're, they're, they're trying. Um, college football is having a lot of issues. We're going to have issues. So... We have to go into everything understanding there could be issues. Right. College basketball will be no different. It, it will be no different. I'm sure there's going to be, you know, in, in the story, Jay said there was discussions in the Big East about a bubble, but the cost was too prohibitive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to believe the SEC would say the same thing. The big, I, yeah, I don't know what these other conferences are thinking, but it, the only thing they can try to do is do the best they can keep it as safe as they can and err on the side of being safe. Well, and I I think the other thing too, is that now that you know, and we're here in November and and you and I have talked about the fact that November and December in basketball, college basketball, the season was probably too long to begin with for a long, long time anyway. Yeah. You can back this up. If you feel like you're going to get, progress with a vaccine and everything in February. You can maybe that's back optimistic, it up. Though, but, but that's optimistic. But I, I'm, I'm playing I'm playing a scenario out. Okay. I know, I know what you're saying, but if they come out with a vaccine in February on February 1st, what does that mean for a college basketball but, player? But you're also past then the height of cold and flu season. I understand. Uh, I understand, but, but it doesn't mean we put a green light up on no, February 2nd. No, but, say, what, hey. but what I'm saying is that the season Unlike last year when this all kind of broke right at March Madness and they had no other real options. Right. They could explore other options into pushing this into the spring. Sure they could. And they could do a lot of things. So I think if if you're the NCAA, you're probably a little more fluid right now. You're, well, you got to talk to CBS, I think, too. Well, you know, yeah, I think but C- if you're CBS and as long as it doesn't interfere with the second weekend in April which is the I Masters, I, I don't see them really objecting yeah. to it going but, but all I'm saying is we think when we say push it back that it that it's going to be better, and and that's the hope. But, you know, one of the things I heard somebody discussing on the TV, and I don't know who it was, so I apologize, that one of the problems out, I mean, Dean Kennefick had told me this, that Dean Kennefick, the SID of Villanova, right. had told me this months ago. You got college kids you're dealing with. You're dealing with with 20-year-olds. Yep. They're three months now into the football season. Yep. These kids aren't going to follow protocols no. for three months. No. They might do it for a month. They might do whatever. They're going to slip up. They're kids. 
You can't. And now we're talking about the same thing with basketball players. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, you're a basketball player. You suit up for Villanova or St. Joe or LaSalle or whatever. How do you tell them to stay? You can't. Pot, you, know, you can't. Just, you can't. That's right. So, so we're going to see these things. You're going to see a basketball team in the second week of December have a couple positive tests. Well, then what happens? What, what do you do? And, and what if they just played Temple like the night before? You know, like we saw in the NBA last year with the Rudy yeah. Gobert thing. And it was like, oh, my God, we just played Detroit and they played the Sixers. Oh, you know, we better check those teams, too. Um, It's just going to be, look, it's going to be messy. You hope it's as less messy as can possibly be. Um, But there's going to, you know, we've seen it with college football. Why wouldn't we think we'll see it with college basketball? Why don't we think we're good? Yeah, I think you have a better shot with the pros because they're pros. Right. You know, and they should be able to follow the protocols better. There's more, they have more money. They have more, you know, whatever. But man, anytime you're telling people for three, four, five months, you know, kind of isolate, yeah. which is kind of what you're telling them to a certain degree, that's hard. That is it's hard. hard enough for me. It's hard enough for me and you to do the proper steps you know, that we're supposed to do. And I'm a 62 year old guy. You know, I, I don't have to worry about going out and practicing every day for Jay or, no. or make it, making a trip to Creighton next week or, or, um, yeah. I mean, you know, you think of the NCAA tournament. I mean, you have eight regional sites, eight sub regional sites, whatever. Yeah. How do you make them safe? You can't, I, I don't have the faintest clue how you do that. If you've got eight teams coming in, to a site, yeah, and I don't even know where the sites are, but I don't think it matters where the sites are. You know, I, I just don't know. Even if you're not bringing fans in, even if you're saying, "Hey, we're going, to, we're going to really limit the fans," we're, going to, you know, because I, I, all of a sudden you're taking a Villanova team that you can maybe check on the main line, and now you're telling them to go to Chicago. Let's yeah. just say for a regional, and I, I, I that's why I hate. Because all we're talking about is um, hypotheticals. Um, hypotheticals. But get to the Ivy League because you wanted to make your Ivy League. Well, no, I, the Ivy. No, and this is the point. Like the Ivy League was the canary in the coal mine, and in March, in a lot of ways, in in the fall. Now, some people back down, and I think if you put true serum in on, yeah, you know, the Big Ten and the Pac-12, I think they would probably think it wasn't the best idea to go forward at this point, given what's going yeah. on. Um. Yeah, so it's well, you remember Kevin how everybody made fun of, of the Ivy. Not fun. That's a bad word. But everybody, when the Ivy League alarmist. made a decision, they were overly well, we alarmist. Right. We all thought they were going overboard. Is that a proper? That's way a proper to say way. It? Yeah, they were overly okay. alarmist. Right. And it turned out they were dead. They on. were right. Yeah, and 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 um. So I don't know if they're right now. Or they're not. I mean, the, the 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 person in me that doesn't care about the money doesn't care. I think not playing is the way to go. But again, I'm not some. I'm not Jay Wright. No, I'm not some kid whose whose career's on the line. Or maybe the kid whose career isn't on the line, like an Ivy League kid who who just well, wants to play. And unlike you know, they took a hit last year for not having the tournament, and that was clear. And you know, the money has hurt sure. all these other programs. If you don't have a tournament this year. That's real problems for the NCAA. The NCAA may not exist the way you expect. Oh, oh, absolutely, Kevin. Oh, because I mean, it would be like if college football didn't have a national, a college football, football playoff, playoff two years in a row because you wouldn't get the money. Um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, look, I got to believe that in the NCAA headquarters, they're saying come hell or high water, March, April, May, we have to have an NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um, and I understand. I'm, I'm, I, I get it. I, you know, Morgan State may need that money too. Sure. You know, not just not just uh, you know uh, Arkansas. Um, well, and the, and, matter- the, and the interesting part in this, and sorry to interrupt you on this. No, 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 that's okay. Uh, the interesting part is you're also in the middle of this, going to have a change in administrations. And unlike last year where we saw the Trump administration, remember when we had Bob Costa on uh, from the Washington Post, and he talked about how important it was to the Trump administration that all these sports, especially college football, kept going. You heard that, obviously, from Donald Trump Mm. in the debates. Until NFL guys start kneeling. Yeah, I know. You're right. No, you're right. Uh, But the point is, he pushed and he got his way, and they did play college football. Yeah. What will the Biden administration do? Well, the Biden administration, which is sending more signals this week that when it takes over in mid-January, they're going to be willing to shut it down if the doctors say to shut it down. Well, there's not an election either, Kevin. I mean, like, I understand what Donald, look, Donald was trying, you you look at the Big Ten, like the voting blocks in, in, in the SEC, obviously, you know, the voting blocks there. So, yeah, you're trying to appease those people. Because a lot of those people want to play college football. I, I get it. But now that the election is over, I, I just don't know if, like, if Biden were to say, hey, we really need, you know, Fauci comes out and makes a big speech about, hey, you know, this is why. I don't think people would be as. Um, I don't know. There's, don't 70, know the right there's 70 million people out there who are. Yeah. No, but what I'm saying is I, I don't think Biden would be worried about about. The political setting a voting block. And to be honest, I guess, let's also be honest, Joe Biden could be a one-term guy on his own at this point. At yeah, but, I, but I don't think right now at this moment in Joe Biden's life, he's worried about no. any of that. Like, no. he's not worried about um, pissing off a Democrat that voted for him. I don't think he's p- pissed off, worried about it, pissing off a Republican that didn't vote for him. Right. Um, so that has changed a little bit. Um but I think there's still going to be pressure on the, the president-elect to get things going, whether it's in sports, whether it's yeah. in the economy, whether and, – and then it's the question that we've been asking since the pandemic started. Yeah. What is more important? Like, what is the priority? Is it opening and taking the chance that more people are going to get sick? Or is that more important? Right. And, and there, there is no right or wrong answer. No, there isn't. who you ask. Um, um, and that's like what you said about the virus, about the vaccine. If God forbid, and I still think it's further away than we think, but that's okay. If God forbid on February 1st, Pfizer or somebody else comes out and says, Hey, we can put that. I don't think that's enough to save basketball because it may not, it may mean April no, but or May, it, but it might save baseball might well, save sure. season. Right. Absolutely. Um, it, it could save the Olympics. It could save, Yep. you know, I mean, it seems to me through all this, if you have the money to do the proper testing, it seems like almost anything is possible. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's the schools, it's the schools that can't afford that that run the higher risk. Although I guess we're seeing it with colleges though, man, and you wonder like I got to believe Wisconsin's trying to do the best they can or all these well, other schools like I don't believe LSU I I can't believe LSU is failing. Right. On purpose. No, you know, like no. it's something it's just, that LSU It's did. containment. It's tough, and, and that's all. Uh, we right. are out of time. So 
uh, I know what you'll be doing this weekend. I know you'll be watching a little golf. You know, it's funny. I haven't watched a lot of it up till now. Well, I, I've, um, I've been watching every second of it because but I, I, have I will do right now. I hate when I when I have a guy that I'm pulling for though, like because I got I got to root for John Rom right. only because I have him in a pool. Or I took Kepka in, but I have a couple guys. But I just I'd rather have nobody in the chase. You know, like last year last year I could root for Tiger. That was you know, I, right. and I wasn't rooting against anybody because I liked a lot. Of, I like Shawfly. I, I, Dustin's fine. I got, I got, but I just it, it got to a certain point. I'm like, man, can Tiger do this? <laughs> He's like, yeah. you know. And maybe I'll be in that same position on Sunday. You know, maybe I'll be sitting there at one o'clock saying, man, he's only one back or two back. And if he does it, this, this would be a bigger accomplishment than last year because of the uh, lack of action he's had up until last year was huge because he hadn't done it in 10 years, 11 years. Right. This year, though, I, I, I mean, I'm not sure how many people expected it last year, but he had one the tour how championship. Many, but how many As back the backs? Out, well, but you, as you pointed out, he won the tour championship, like, you know, the right. previous August. Um, Tiger went back to back in 2004 and five. No, no, wait a minute. No, 2001. No, one and two. two right. One and two. Um, Nick Faldo uh, went, uh, Nick Faldo Faldo went, went back, back to back, back. Um, in 89 and 90. But Jack never went back to back, right? No. Uh, him and Arnie traded. Jackets for like three straight years in the sixties. You're right, man. The master, yeah. You know what, Kevin? Now that I'm thinking about it, um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'm missing somebody. That I mean, because Phil didn't go back to back. Um, yeah, you might be right. I mean, um, excuse me, Nicholas. Oh, Jack didn't go back. Jack, Jack didn't go. go. Five sixty-six. Right. Yeah, Nicholas Fado and Woods. And I think when Faldo did it, I remember he was the first guy since Jack. And yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah Faldo in eighty nine, ninety, and then and Arnie and Arnie won four in seven years, but he, he went every other year, 58, 60, 62, 64. Yeah. So yeah, it's it hey, look, let's just hope it's a good tournament and you can enjoy it and then watch whatever. Now, here's my question to you. What do you do at one o'clock on Sunday? Uh, well, I have both TVs set up already. Okay. Okay. So you're set. I'm set. I, and so I have me, my iPad. So, so what should I do? Do I watch the Eagles so I can converse with you about what the Eagles did? Should I flip back to back, back and forth? What I think it I depends do? on what the leaderboard looks like too. Okay. I mean, it depends. So if Tiger's one back, I should watch Tiger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. And then tune into the Eagles post game. To find and out watch Park can go nuts. Yes. So. <laughs> okay. Fair all right. enough. Thank you, Michael. You got it, man. Take care. All right. Our thanks to Tyrone Johnson for joining us. Our thanks to you for joining us. It's been a uh, interesting week. We'll see you next week. This has been working to meet. Well, you win.